gents what's good people it's reg it's stone and we're out here chilling you know what i'm saying relaxing right now we're in the antarctic you know what i'm saying checking out some land you know what i'm saying polar ice caps are melting you know what i'm saying global warming bad but if you're rich like us global warming good you know what i'm saying <laughs> we're about to buy some properties you know what i'm saying get some condos some some seal theme condos you know what i'm saying maybe some walruses you know what i'm saying we're out here to stack this paper you know what i'm saying so that way when humanity's crushing to the mountains you know what i'm saying bam paid lazy casual capitalism for the win baby <laughs> We're going to gentrify Antarctica. <laughs> Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, it's been a minute, y'all, but it's the summer. We have to yes. take a break. You know, we have to take you know? the yacht out, you know, like relax, had, had to chill you know by saying? the beach. Go out to Jamaica, go on a little Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? Chill, relax, lay back in the sun, you know what I'm saying? Just just, just enjoy life, the fruits of our labor, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's been a couple of rough years, you know, and, you know, while the world burns, sometimes you have to take a decompress, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Obviously, st- still still doom scrolling on the yacht, you know what I'm saying? Still, still having anxiety <laughs> attacks, but it goes better for my tie, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, like you know, sometimes you got to take the Drake plane, you know? <laughs> I don't care about like the Twitter things that tracking the Drake plane. <laughs> y'all wish y'all were on the Drake plane. <laughs> Talking about carbon neutral, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm on the Drake plane. Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we're back. Um, it's been a while, uh, but we definitely had to legit take some breaks, do some traveling, do some chilling out. Um, you know, it's summer, it's, you know, it is what it is, but we, we back into here. <laughs> um, we might talk about some stuff that might be, y'all might say it's old, but what is time anyway? Exactly. My friends, <laughs> Steve, shots to Steve Hawkins. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's time is relative, baby. You know exactly. What I'm exactly. <laughs> so it's made, it's made up. I didn't realize that until like, like five years ago that time zones were like made up. Only to like, keep the trains running on time. I had no you idea. Know, time zones, obviously daylight savings is because of the farmers. I, you know, I, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, mm. I, thought, I thought it was all like, you know, like no Nostradamus, like, you know, in the stars and shit. No, mm. no. It's all it's fake. Just, this, is, this is how. <laughs> then you, then you, you see these lies and you start questioning other things. And all of a sudden you're on that Carrie Irving, flat earth, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can't trust man. anything. But uh, we got a few things to talk about, and then we got a lot of new music to cover. So, like, let's jump Absolutely. into it. Um, you know, like, this popped up a couple weeks ago, but I, I feel like, I don't know, I still need to address it. Uh, the whole Irv Gotti murdering thing, um, you know, like, essentially, Irv Gotti going on drink, drink Champs and basically not just dissing Ashanti, but just, like, <laughs> I feel like worse than a diss. You know, it, it just felt like very the dudes in his feelings for something that happened 20 years ago. Maybe it was consensual. Maybe it wasn't consensual. Um, got drunk and high and, you know, got on this podcast and, and pretty much like, you know, shouted to the world. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not surprised that Earth Guy did that. Like, I, I feel like if he was not on a podcast, he would be saying the same thing. <laughs> to a bunch of his yeah. boys <laughs> being drunk and high. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, 
the sad thing is it's um you know like earth guy being in a position of power and and you know and ashanti being an employee and it just like shows you the power imbalance in, ter- in the music industry um and i had this conversation and the re- reason why i want to bring it up is just because like it's like man we don't have any female earth goddies you know no you have like, sylvia Rhodes. You have, you have a couple of random ones but not really yeah it's, it's, so it's a like, remains a boys club you know like we don't have any like like you know look at tde look at quality control look at like all of these kind of collectives and or like you know subprint labels good music things like that they're all male dominated so unfortunately when you have that energy these things happen um and I, it's just like kind of sad to see um and i don't know man i i always feel like we you know musicians need a union or, or something and they definitely need representation um and not saying like having a female at the at the head is going to solve this issue <laughs> of like you know but i i do think that like you know a lot of times definitely having a female in power they you know there's more of a i would say a chance that they'll check themselves when they go on drink champs <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, and and I think you kind of nailed it. Whereas, like, you felt like he would something he would say if it was boys, and I kind of get. Again, I'm a, I, I, I'm a fan of drink champs. I, I, I like what they're doing. Obviously, you kind of fall into certain problematic things, not necessarily intentionally, but just because there's that relaxed guy vibe. You know, you got a couple of black men of a certain age. You know, you know who are you know kind of catching up as far as social change is concerned, but not a hundred percent there. Um, the reason why, like I said, what kind of for me of the red flags is the fact of where. You know, it's 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 just kind of fascinating to kind of see him brag about it, like like as if we're like like twenty five or like maybe even yeah. fifteen. Whereas it's like you know, at a certain point, you know, I want to hear a narrative about how your relationship started or this and that or trials and tribulations. Not that oh, I had this hot nineteen year old in the studio and then whoopity whoop whoop, she's looking sexy and I pushed up on her and blah blah blah. And it's just like, bro, we're we're. You're probably I'm I'm a because he's he's a little he was older by than Ashanti I'm assuming he's probably definitely middle aged dude probably around fifty you're probably a grandfather now I don't know for sure but whatever kids you had back then are definitely of a certain age now <laughs> definitely you know voting and paying rent so it's just like it's weird to kind of have this kind of thing there and it's also a good showcase of like toxic masculinity oh yeah because with the guard down he was telling a cool story like even though he was high and drunk in his mind. This is some cool ass shit where it's like, yeah. Um, and, and like I said, what's funny about it is that if you look at it objectively, it's not like it's like, oh, yeah, I was out there looking cool in the, in the party and she hollered at me. It's not like, oh, I was kicking this crazy game. It's like, oh, we vibe. It's like, yeah, in the studio, hot, sexy shit. I was like, oh, I want to fuck her. And then yada, yada, yada. So it's just like, there's no, you know, I put it in very blunt terms, but that's ultimately what it is where he kind of tries to dress it up. And, I think you have the situation here of where motherfucker, you were in the studio doing work that was supposed to be a creative endeavor, not you fucking licking your chops like a fucking wolf in a cartoon, and that's where it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, and, and I mean you're right. It's toxic masculinity. It's, it's it's power and control, and you know it's just like one of those things where, and I, I think also too like um, like the fact that he called Ashanti the B word. And I'm just kind of like, to me, that was just like, uh, and I understand, like you, like in hip hop, that that word is kind of used colloquially, (laughs) 
But you can kind of tell with the intention there. It was definitely like yeah. a, a there's anger there, you know. And, yeah. And again, this is a person who was like signing Ashanti's checks, <laughs> you know. Um, so you know, again, if you want to be a hip hop mogul, like like just like watch yourself, <laughs> please. <laughs> don't, just don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Come on, fam. It's twenty years ago too. Like like you like that's that's great. That that is the craziest part. I thought you know. I can see if it was like five years ago or ten years ago, you know, like look, we'll we'll like do some funny math with the pandemic. <laughs> we'll give you extra three years, but it's like twenty years ago, fam. <laughs> Bro, and it's like you're you're bitter. It's like, it, and the thing is, it's not. And I and I don't want to get too preachy, but I, it kind of shows you about how toxic masculinity fucks with everybody else because it's it's not really a good story. Like, there's a reason why people kind of popped up. Was like, yo, this is strange. And even though, you know, string chance everybody's drinking, it's it's a bar story, yada, 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 you know, when it kind of goes out there, it's like, oh, no, this looks kind of fucked up. And it's just like, I really seen any like crazy, and it's the internet. So Lord knows I've seen people defend crazy shit. At least in my little circle, you don't really hear that much like, well, he was kind of being, you know, whoopity whoop, whoop, whoop. It's like, it, the consensus kind of is, you know, no matter where you kind of fall that generally he was a little bit out of pocket. And that's what kind of sucks where he doesn't even see it. And, and even then, furthermore, the way he kind of looks like he's still a little bitter about it, that still goes back to the idea of like that toxic shit. Because at the end of the day, it's like, bro, that's that's decades removed, bro. You're not. It's just like we've all moved. We've we're they're literally different people. Like Ashanti is a whole different person. You're a whole different person. Why are we talking about this old shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just dickhead behavior. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, where I got, I got this. Speaking of dickheads, <laughs> I was about to say the same thing, fam. What? <laughs> We're linked. We're linked. <laughs> <sighs> My favorite, Talib Kweli. <laughs> You're about about to get. <laughs> I will say the, this: the Kweli heads. I don't know what you call Kweli stands, but they're coming for you, fam. I am an original OK Player hater. And the rafters used to moderate, used to be used to be in the streets. And while I will say this, Talib Kweli is a superb artist, has a great discography. Generally, when he's speaking, he's on the side of right when it comes to various social political issues. These last couple of years, it seems like my friend Mr. Kweli has a slight, how do we say it, blind spot? Um, how do I say this blind spot? Looks like, don't sue me, bro. He kind of hates women. And the thing is, is this. I kind of get it. Originally, this all started where basically, I think somebody was giving an interview and they were kind of talking about people who are married to black women and somehow he got mentioned and blah, blah, blah. Either way, worse if he's right worst case scenario it's a yo just apologize my bad or just let it be funny at his stature just let it go you know he, he just got mad that somebody insinuated he likes light skin chicks i think from i don't the thing is we're so far removed from that i don't even remember but the problem is that since he's doubled and tripled down since he sent his followers after him since he started harassing campaigns to various people who reported on it since he did that to the extent where he started getting kicked off for social media platforms that the latest news of him suing jezebel <laughs> for basically reporting on that original story 
two years ago, a story which I think was before the pandemic, right? We've been through the pandemic. We, yeah. We've been through fucking a million motherfuckers dead. We got war. We got inflation. Democracy's falling. But still, it's about his pain. It's about his pain that some white woman blog a couple of years ago might have insinuated that he was kind of a dick. That's 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 the story. That's 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 the whole controversy. And I and I think that uh, and we joke about this, right? I think that in general, in when we're speaking to each other, we have to kind of give each other grace. And sometimes, you know, we might misconstrue things. You might get things. You know, you know, we've got to take anger out of the situation. It was kind of fascinating about Talib is that. If you kind of hear his counter, he he's trying to be very obviously quote unquote logical, but it's just anger. It's attacking. It's he's somebody where there's no space or nuance, and that even if, and I'm not saying he does, even if the original issue he felt like he was unfairly characterized, he's gone so above and beyond the pale in quote unquote defending himself that he just comes off and it kind of undoes a lot of the social justice work he's kind of preaches in his songs about black family and black women when all I hear about you is just kind of throwing hissy fits because some random blogger in the in the in the in the internet sphere is doing XYZ. Particularly since I think it's very telling that I don't really hear this shit about him coming after men and Lord knows they rule the bitter bitch world in the internet. So that's also yeah. very telling. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's a lot of things to unpack here. Um, I, I think one, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, you know, men never, and it's not even just like rappers. It's like any type of like, you know, gamers or whatever. Like gamers, like male journalists, whatever can talk as much shit <laughs> up and down and they'll never get the negative rep- replications as a, a female or a black female. Uh, in this industry, so um, that that that's definitely true, um, and, and you know, like one of the things I'm realizing is like there's a lot of people who kind of go after um, people online, and also like you know, like people who they feel like will be <laughs> the most vulnerable, right? So women, and you realize like that says a lot about them as a person, <laughs> and yes. more about them as a person than the people that they're going after. Right. Yes. Um, agreed. You know, and I could see if it's like a hey guy, like you know, like whatever, like stop, whatever. But like, Talib basically went after this person for like twelve hours straight. Yes. You know, like and, like and, <laughs> systematically yeah. trying to go at this person. You and, know, and the thing is, it was a flipping comment. It wasn't. It's it, the, on that person's side. It wasn't like he's a terrible person. And the thing is, it's it was very much. She threw some names out there. He was involved. It was a whole longer, bigger discussion. It wasn't that fucking deep. It's something where, and I, I think I get where it's terrified is the fact of where, you know, sometimes it's not people being wrong, but it's the way they react that kind of shows the inner character. And like I said, I'm 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 I am a hater. I have an innate bias, but I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Where perhaps the initial spark was the fact of where he felt like 
his dating preferences were unfairly fucking insinuated, right? Yeah. But it's not that big of a fucking deal. It's not that big of a fucking deal where years later you're suing Jezebel because you say you can't fucking sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, what I love about, and here's the funny thing about fucking toxic masculinity, is the whole fucking spiel is the fact of be a man. You know what I'm saying? Take it like a man. Oh, of course. You know, put your, put your bootstraps on. Of but course. what a bunch of sensitive fucking assholes, bruh. Oh, fuck out of here of course i mean you know look like elon musk like all these dudes like you know bruh like you know like like <laughs> it's like the Bruh. most like like you know I, I mean it's just like you're trying to be you know like tough and hard things like that it's like just you're like the most sensitive dude in the room and not saying that uh. it's bad to be sensitive but like you know there, there's a point where um you know as an entertainer you have to have a thick skin yeah, and you have to just be like, yo, like, <laughs> you know, this comes with the territory. Um, you know, and even the original comment, I wasn't agreed to, right? Okay, cool. Rappers are marrying light-skinned women. I don't generally care, right? But, and I don't agree with that, like, original tweet or whatever. But, like, I mean, if I saw that, and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, I want to go back to my wife. <laughs> yeah. And my kids. <laughs> In my mansion <laughs> with my Range Rover and be okay. <laughs> Bro, just put a picture up. Be like, haha, and that's about it. And it's just like and like I said, it's it's the funny thing is it's his it's it's the I will die on this hill because it was a flip it was a flippant conversation that didn't make a fucking difference. It's yeah. like it's like, you know, it's nobody really did pay attention to it. it. It goes back to the strikes and effect where if he didn't have a fucking a multi-year breakdown now about it, nobody would care. Nobody would crack a joke. Nobody was there listening like, oh my God, Talib, how could he? It was just a, a regular barber shop, but I guess, you know, beauty shop equivalent of just like, oh yeah, gossipy, yada, yada, yada. And like I said, it wasn't even, the thing is, it was a, it, I hate to say that I'm stealing a Trump term, goddammit, a nothing burger. It's, there was nothing. It, it was the same way. I'm pretty sure we, we would have had multi-year hate conversations, but by our own flippant conversations that we've made, just throwing a name in there randomly. It's not that big of a deal. We're not fucking the New York Times. There is no fucking, we're not journalists. We're just bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? And I think that what kind of sucks about this is again, I'm, I am a very much a, a, a Talib biased hater, but I do recognize the talent the man has. And I think it's very unfortunate that somebody who was basically seen as, you know, being a very conscious, very smart, very worldly kind of individual, kind of having this weird fucking implosion over these last years that seems to be very black woman focused. Yeah. Um, I, and I will say this, um, you know, one of the things I did really appreciate about the Kendrick album was the fact that, you know, again like mr morale right like we put we, we exalt these dudes and a lot of them are dudes to be like like on this pedestal and be like conscious quote unquote because they're certain they're somehow connected to some type of black consciousness that we want to achieve and at the same you know you know at the <laughs> just regular ass dudes at the end of the day yeah you know and they're gonna do regular ass dude shit so yeah. um that's all i gotta say with that man uh but let's yeah. move on man we we got a lot of new music to cover. Yes. Uh I'll start this one off. Megan the Stallion Traumazine. Uh so Megan the Stallion. 
always a big fan, have to admit. Overall, her products have not been her cohesive. Her best was probably her earlier mixtapes, a lot of her freestyles, a lot of the stuff that you would see on YouTube, fantastic. The more that she's gotten more popular, she tried to expand her sounds, and it's been hit and miss. Um, I think this record is probably her best record by a large margin. I think the reason why is because, and I know there was some issue where I guess there was a, a particular dude who was making a lot of her old beats, and then somehow he wasn't involved this time. But long story short, this album just sounds more expensive. It's yeah. kind of fascinating because she's somebody where she's had like label issues where last couple of releases, she's arguing with the label on Twitter saying they won't release it. It'll eventually come out and blah, 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 and all this and that. And I think that what's kind of fascinating about this record is that it kind of shows you the potential that's there. She was somebody where she was always a very talented performer, very talented rapper. I felt like her beats kind of let her down and also as a result, a lot of the songwriting. I have no complaints here at all. Um, you've got, you know, apparently we're all hip house nowadays. You've got her doing house songs. You've got her doing more like, I won't say necessarily pop songs, but like crossing over like, you know, disco pop of like Dua Lipa. You've got her spitting over fucking beat, Biggie beats. I think this kind of shows you of what a force she is hip hop wise. And I think it's just a great fucking record. And, and it's kind of the record I think I've, I've been waiting for. I think that, uh, and correct my, you know, again, time is flat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Around when she had the incident with Trey Songs, aka when that asshole shot her, um, is it Trey Songs? Am I getting wrong? My no, people correctly? No, no like, damn, don't, 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 don't. Trey Songs. <laughs> see, I apologize. See, Trey Songs <laughs> is a Chester Molester dude. <laughs> really? Yeah, can see um, um, a couple of stories, and most importantly, what's the name? Uh, Kiki Palmer. She kind of she kind of threw some stuff Order. out there. There's been some sex workers got said some stuff about him. So yes, I got I got my 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 assholes confused. I'm Tory Lanes. Tory Lanes. Sorry about that. You know, <laughs> but uh, long story short, I know she dropped the record around that time. A little bit afterwards, it kind of basically touched on it, and that record was just fine. Nothing really great. I think this kind of captures what makes makes Megan the Stein great, and I think it's gonna be very interesting. See, somebody where I always wanted her to kind of pivot towards that, like a. You know, it'd be great if she could kind of get like a Mike Will made it. It'd be great if she could kind of get, let's say, a fucking Pierre LeBorn. I think the fact of where she's able to kind of get enough of a budget to kind of get higher level beats, it's great. And I think that it's, it's, I think if she kind of keeps it going on this fucking way, like basically if she builds from this, I could definitely see a class coming out of her. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy with this record. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, same same for me. You know, I, I definitely feel like um, Megan Stallion is a force to be reckoned with and she's always just been a presence for the past like I mean I, I remember it was like was it 2018 I think she like debuted South by um, so now it's going on like five six years um, but yeah like the, the, the album and the mixtapes always kind of felt very local um, and that's not like a diss but it just kind of did, it didn't feel like she was a global artist um, it kind of felt like she was still kind of doing like Texas, Houston, like mixtape circuit type of tracks. And, then, and again, like she could spit fire. 
she is definitely one of, of like you know the fiercest MCs you'll find um, and, and you could definitely feel like you know again like the beats were not great but you understand like those are the beats that she had and like that's kind of the music she grew up with so, like, she, so she's really kind of in that lane um, but yeah this is definitely an evolution but it, it's not an evolution in a way where I feel like she's quote unquote selling out right um, obviously she has to do a leap of track you're like look you gotta get the bag <laughs> you know like that that pop track and i think it actually she actually works with dua lipa um you know the house track her actually might be my favorite house track out of like the three hip house singles that have dropped this year between drake Ooh. beyonce uh it's fierce dude it's 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 like it's it's fierce as fuck dude um, and I think like you know she's still able to do her brand of rapping, you know, and she's still able to kind of bring that fierceness with the with the other tracks. So I understand like look you know you have your singles you're going to get the bag. Um, let's you know drop a track. Uh, I think like is, like maybe scary or rare one, but like you know where she's just like you know fucking just going hard on the rhymes, um, and the production is so good that's cohesive like so i it didn't feel like out of place to have a dua lipa track yep. next to like a kind of a houston hip-hop track um so I, I you know i i'm very impressed by this and i definitely feel like this is like the 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 thing that we've been looking for um and i'm just happy to know that megan Thee Stallion is going to be around for a long time you know like i i, I feel like this is there's there's so much energy behind her like even if she doesn't drop another album <laughs> like Rihanna, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you know there's just so much thing that she put into the culture, real hot girl shit. <laughs> you know, like this is wow, like so yeah. many memes. You know, like you know, hot girl summer. Like there's just so much that she's put into the culture, um, and like as long as she can kind of keep with this fire, like she'll be around for a long time. I think so. Uh, props to her. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's kind of surprising because, like I said, it's 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 it must be the beats. It's like to a certain extent, she was always kind of putting in the work, but it never kind of crossed over. And you kind of see it where it was just the idea of where if you give her a bigger playpen, she'll rise up to the occasion, and and that's what's kind of great about it. So, like you know, for me, it's just like kind of cool to kind of see you know kind of someone coming into their own because you know, like you said, she's been around for years. And and what's cool about it though is it's still very fucking hungry. Like yeah. it's not her on autopilot. She's here. She's still giving you, you, you could still see the fucking composition, blue marble, black marble notebook filled with fucking scrawling and imagine her in the booth trying to murder it. Like she's not approaching it where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to get fucking, I don't know. Imagine dragons and to do like 80% of the lifting and dropping a fucking bar here and there. It's like, it's a lot of fucking work here. So like what I like about it is the fact of where, you know, the, and not to say that she was never a dope MC, but it's really cool to see, like, you know, we always talk about the big gods. You know, the Kendrick is going to drop a new record. It's just, how's the Drake record going to come out? You know, you know, it's, it's fucking, you know, the J. Cole. And now he kind of have to put Megan there. Whereas, like, you know, as far as the rap gods are concerned, big mainstream rap artists, she's fucking up there. And it's kind of cool to see her, you know, right up there on the fucking pantheon where she deserves to be. So props to her. Yeah. And, and I just want to say Southside Royalty is the thing that track I was talking about. It's all, it's all Houston rappers sauce walker big pokey little kiki and megan right so you have this like the houston rapper role like you know like and then like the next song is dua lipa <laughs> right yeah. my, my favorite part of you that song you hear it. when this 
when I think it's Sauce Walkers bragging about how they were the first dudes to bring the anime to the hood. <laughs> there, there's a rant in the end where I don't know where he's like, y'all weren't doing the Dragon Ball Z stuff before us. I was just like, what? I was like, what? You know what's so weird? But it fucking works. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, that's what's weird. And like you said, you, 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 it's, she she's able to tie it together where Sauce Walker basically bragging about Dragon Ball Z makes sense in this fucking world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's insane. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's the other thing, too. Like, like she's a big anime fan. Like, she was at uh, Super Mario World, like, ge- geeking out in Japan, you know? Like, yeah, there's there's so much to Megan Stye in. So, always happy to see her back in the limelight. And also happy just to see her putting out quality work um, and evolving, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, so this album kind of came and went, but uh, I got a lot of, of, of playtime with this album. Um, Calvin Harris, Folkwave Bounces, Volume 2. You know, uh, I actually listened to this beat, this album a lot when I was on the beach in Puerto Rico because that's, that's exactly mm-hmm. the vibe. Speaking <laughs> of for chest, black man. Speaking of <laughs> for chest. <laughs> I do. I told you I was on Drake's jet, dude. So you know, <laughs> I had to make a little stop in Puerto Rico. You know, might yeah, a little, uh, little Chris hop on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, but I I think it's like the perfect vibe. Like this basically is a summer album that is played in the background, and I I think if you think of it that way, I I think I'm not I can't be mad at this album, and it's hard for me to review it because I'm kind of like. Oh, like the vibe was was great. This album is the vibe. I had a vibe and it worked out perfectly. Um, if I do review it, I will say um, I think the first front wave bounce is a little bit better and more cohesive. Um, this definitely felt like, you know, Calvin just like sending like the beats to anybody <laughs> and kind of having people <laughs> record in their home studio. Um, there are definitely some some tracks that just kind of felt thrown together. Um, kind of like a like a mixtape posse cut um, in a lot of ways, but there's also some tracks that like her, the track with Normani like uh, was really dope. Like um, the track with Dulipo was actually pretty dope. Like like there's also tracks that I thought were um, pretty great as well. Um, Dulipo getting the bag. <laughs> she's getting that bag, dude. She's like whatever, whatever, whatever. Send me anything else, I hop on it. Like she's getting that bag. I'm not, you know, like, like I'm not. Twenty one Savage, I hop on that track too. Give me Yo, the checks. Oh, like you know, I'm not mad. Um, but yeah, so like, um, I, yeah, when I think about it as as in terms of a vibe, I think it's 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 definitely something that um, I really enjoy, and I really there's a lot of replayability if you're like on a beach or at a pool party. If you're just kind of listening and trying to listen, to like, and trying to evaluate this album as a critical work <laughs> to, to, to assess it for the Pulitzer, um, you will fall short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, for me, and, and I think I agree with you, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I think that I don't want to say it's a regression. But it felt like the first Funk Ways was a, was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. This one kind of, it's, it's almost like that felt like, this kind of feels like, I won't say a regression, but definitely a little bit more flippant, a little bit more ethereal, a little bit more like there's no fucking rules here. And as a result, it's a little less tight. Um, I, I think that, like I said, it's not a bad album, 
but it's definitely nothing where it sticks your, like your teeth into it per se. Um, I kind of wish, because like I said, what was surprising about the first one was like, oh shit, he could kind of do something a little bit more clubby R&B. You know, he, he's able to work with these artists, which he's not really relatively known for because his big fucking wheelhouse was being this guy and this big crossover EDM shit. And that's the fascinating thing is I want him to go deeper. Yeah. And as a result, he didn't, which yeah. I, I guess because I guess the whole reason why it happened is because it's a fun side project for him, per se. But I, I think he's somebody where he could kind of like he could do damage in that space. And I, I kind of want to see him do more. So it's kind of weird because this is not a bad album. It's, it's not like he fell off. But it's kind of surprising because, like I said, it's if that first album showed he's a little bit more, you know, more of a diverse sound, more of a diverse producer where he could do this music if he wants to. This one has kind of got kind of him kind of retreating a little bit more safely in the in the back, which again, not bad because like the way it's been advertised, the way it's been talked about, this is his like, hey, fun project. I got these numbers on my fucking iPhone. Hit him up, get some fucking wave files back, spice together, bam, nice little cool you know, laying the cut brunch album. But like I said, in, in, in this case, I felt like for somebody who showed a talent, surprisingly so, I would have liked him to take this project more seriously. Yeah, and, and I'll agree with you on all those points. It's definitely a regression. There's no slide, you know, which still pops off. I was somewhere yeah, no. like they played slide and like people are going crazy. It still pops off. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely felt, you know, he's 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 like the top earning DD in the world. He could have put more time and effort into it, you know, and a really good example is a track Obsessed, which is like, um, basically, I thought like, I was listening to it. I was like, oh, is that Michael McDonald? And it's like, no, it's Charlie <laughs> Puth singing like Michael McDonald, right? And like, you know, come on, like Calvin, you can afford Michael McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can afford like Hitman to kidnap Michael McDonald and bring him to the studio if you need to you know um and i think like i think yeah if he put in that type of thought into a lot of these tracks i i do think this could have been like a banger but i don't think that's like his vibe with this i think it's literally kind of like hey it's a really cool idea really cool concept um the first one popped off really well like i need some you know new material to play out you know why not um but that's reflected in this album like it, it's like the lack of dedication i think is is definitely uh paramount here so but it's not a bad look especially if you're out on the beach or a pool like somewhere outside and it's a summer brunch like it's gonna pop off so <laughs> it's, it's, it's mimosa music baby we're out here having our bellinis <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bottomless. You know what I'm saying? Somebody might be throwing up in the corner. You know, that's that's all. M- Still positive music. vibes, though. Still positive. <laughs> I, I actually want that as a label. You know, you got Maybach music. He's like, Mo, Mimosa music. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the world's number one brunch label. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. It's just palm trees and all the videos, like synthetic palm trees and shit. <laughs> Bro, like I, you know, I, I, I might, you know, again, like I, I don't start work for another week and a half. So I might, I might have some time on my hands to cook up this idea. <laughs> let's, let's ride it up. Let's, 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 let's apply for that bank loan, baby. New business. We need that PPP loan. Let's go. Uh, I guess I will take this one. Domi and JD Beck. I think it kind of fall, fell into this kind of similarly. Um, for me, it was more like uh, a lot of, I don't know if it was necessarily Tiny Desk, but a lot of, because my big thing nowadays is kind of going on YouTube, seeing a lot of live music. 
So I saw these two young musicians that were kind of getting a couple of nods. They're signed to brain feeders. You can kind of get the kind of artists that kind of around like Lewis Cole, you know, that's in my algorithm search. So it's kind of serving serving it up to me. Um, I do know that I guess I won't say their biggest performance, but uh, when uh, Thundercat did uh, them changes with uh, Ariana Grande, I think it was for Adult Swim a couple of years ago. Yeah, they were the backing band, so you know they've been bubbling up a little bit. You know, obviously with the live sets, it's a lot of hyperkinetic drumming. She's a dope fucking you know pianist. You know, it's you know what you expect from young people playing jazz. Um, they dropped their record not tight on Brain Feeder. You know, I expected a lot of more experimental stuff. And not to say it's not, but, you know, more like Lewis Cole, more like, let's say, you know, obviously the God fucking Flying Lotus is more esoteric shit. But I was very actually ready for this fucking link together. This had moments that I expected to come out of fucking Calvin Harris's shit. Mm, interesting. Like a lot of the R&B, upbeat, danceable stuff, particularly with like, because on this you have Anderson Park. You got Thundercat on a couple couple of fucking songs. You got fucking Snoop coming in on some 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 Cali Sunny R and B shit, and that's what's kind of fascinating. Where for a record that could easily be, be very music nerdy, you know, for a record that could be very just weird drumming, for a record that could be very morose or very serious the way jazz is done, this has a very almost I won't say pop, but let's say upbeat idea and, and surprisingly very solid songwriting. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I so I fell in the the I, I guess it's Domi, but I always say Domi and uh, JD Domi. Domi, Domi, because she's French. <laughs> Domi, um, but um, like yeah, like YouTube wormhole. Like I somehow like watch one video and it's just like these two kids like, like jamming out. Um, and I love that hyperkinetic jazz. It's just like yes. something that's, I, I love it, love it, love it because it just feels so kind of crazy and experimental. Um, but I guess like most jazz people are like, oh, it's not, that's not that bad. Anybody could do that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, and you know, uh, I'm not surprised they put on an album. They're young, they're white <laughs> and they're in the jazz space. Um, you know, they have ba- backing by like, you know, not just like brain fleet feeder, but like Thundercat, Anderson Pac, like, you know, um, and there's just like a lot of buzz around them. Um, and their videos, I even watched a tiny desk and I'm like, oh, this is like really cool. I would love to see them live. Um, I think the album is definitely has too much sheen on it <laughs> for my liking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was reading Pitchfork Review and they basically said like, yeah, like they're trying to go pop. Or they're trying to like, you know, I think like not like pop in a sense of like Dua Lipa, but like, you know, they're definitely trying to expand their audience. And if they just kind of went hyperkinetic, they're going to have a very limited audience. But seeing as they're the great white hype of jazz right now, they want to kind of maximize their, their bag. And that's why, you know, you have your Snoop Dogg tracks, you have them singing, you know, you have the like, you know, just like these like crazy melodies. You have like more leaning into R&B. Um, so, and I'm not mad. I'm not mad at artists wanting to take a a direction that will probably maximize their bag, especially in jazz. Because, <laughs> again, you're not Dua Lipa. <laughs> you're not, yeah, like, this, this, Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> there is no Drake Jet for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I can't be mad, but I think I was a little bit... I would, I would say a little bit disappointed, because I, I think, like, you know, I am missing kind of that, like, 
um, energy from their like seeing their their live like videos and live sets, and you know they can just go super crazy and wild and like in fifty different directions, and it's all kind of off the cuff. And I kind of wish they kind of had something like that. Um, but you know, it's not. It's a decent album. Um, it's definitely kind of if you like something like Bad Bad Not Good. I'll say like thunder, it feels like a Thundercat album to me. Um, and I don't know if Thundercat produced it or not, but it felt like a lot of Thundercat. <laughs> their vocals, you know? their, their vocals are very Thundercatish. Like, when, they, when they're actually singing, yeah, yeah. like like uh, the the track was like, "Please don't rob me." Yeah, um, it felt that felt like a Thundercat like like yeah. track like for sure, right? And the, the melodies, the vocals, everything like that. So I think that was like maybe the most disappointment for me. It's just kind of like. Um, it's just a little bit too much sheen, um, but it's a decent album. It's not bad, and again, it's it's it's, it's a nice like uh, come down from the brunch <laughs> type album, you know, <laughs> on the ride home, you know. But, um, but yeah, you know, check it out. Uh, you know, stream it. Um, yeah, and again, if you like Thundercat, if you like Brain Feeder, it's definitely in that in that like Anderson Pock. If all those names like you know tick your boxes or whatever like you're, you're definitely gonna like this because it's the same energy for sure yeah no it's i i think i, I read it a, l- a little more I, I actually like their switch because uh a lot of times a lot of dudes try to you know let's say jazz is a weird space or, or a lot of let's say people who are musicians musicians with a capital m a lot of times they want that bag and it's a hard tradition to do because we kind of sleep on songwriting and song structure where you know it, it is a talent it, it's it's you know part of it is fucking mysticism part of it is fucking just like ideas about melody and some of it is just kind of just knowing you know almost putting yourself in the eye of a listener or almost a kind of detachment from a musician where it's like what how would how would this hit a crowd basically yeah. as opposed to how does it feel in the room and i think it's something that really trans translate well i mean I don't want to be the guy who will be like, these kids are too young to not know what they're doing. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. And that was very well planned. Going back to your point again, I am not mad at them trying to get the bag because capitalistic hellhole. You know, even if you're, 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 even if you're white talented kids right now, anybody can get it in the late stage capitalism. (laughs) So I get one to secure the fucking bag. Um, I liked it only because going back to, I guess, the Calvin Harris. I didn't really expect them to kind of go that hard with the pop songwriting. And while it's unexpected, while I did go there for the hyperkinetic jazz, while that's my wheelhouse more so than what they are doing necessarily, I do fuck with the fact of where they do, they're doing this like sunny Cali R&B and doing it really well. Like if you took those songs out and put it on like, let's say, like again, like like how we just, how we like going back to the idea of that Thundercat song, it sucks it's that much of a Thundercat song, but it's also kind of cool that they're able to make a perfect Thundercat song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's not something yeah. that one, you know, somebody doing, going back to the idea of like the, to Michael McDonald, you don't expect them to have that kind of sense of pop sense. There's from the hyperkinetic jazz, so it shows they're very talented. So for me, it was a refreshing listen. Again, I too kind of lean towards more of the jazz stuff. That's why I kind of started streaming it in the first place, but I was pleasantly surprised they did really well there. I'm hoping that maybe in the future they'll have more of a mix. But like, you know, like I said, I, I was I was impressed. Like, I, I'm not going to be like, this is like the greatest album of all time. But it definitely showed that if they want to have that lane, it's there. I just think it's a matter of kind of balancing it both out. Because going back to Thundercat, Thundercat is somebody who could make jokey songs, you know, make 80s yacht rock. 
but also hit you with some really like fucking heady jazz, hit you with some fucking straight R&B, you know, th- you know, do some shit with Flying Lotus where it's very experimental, experimental, very futuristic. So I hope that with this turn to kind of go a little bit more sheen, a little bit more clean, that they don't forget that a lot of the, you know, the people, the, the jazz resurgence is not, has not been about that, if it makes any word sense. I think that, you know, we're in an era where so much a lot of like underground hip hop, where pop music is coming to us on our terms, you know, Kamaji Washington was out here doing 25-minute fucking orchestral Alice fucking Smith fucking, I mean, I mean, Alice Coltrane fucking, you know, crazy, heady, metaphysical shit. And the fact that he was able to get Coachella date shows that, you know, you don't necessarily have to, and I don't want to use the term sell out, but change your sound yeah. to kind of get that fucking crowd. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is just them kind of showing, hey, we could do that too. And it'll be more of, you know, they won't let both sides of the equation overtake each other, long story short. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, cool. Well, let's round it out with our last selection of the evening. Ooh. <laughs> like a DJ. Our last selection of the evening. <laughs> Next up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought, cheat codes. So, you know, Black Thought, if you've listened to this podcast, Black Thought is probably one of my top five rappers. Um, if I need somebody for the rap cipher, Black Thought is on the starting five for sure. He can rap is- like. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones where I was like you have to have you have to have somebody to, to represent you in the arena <laughs> exactly exactly you know I the, yes full show um, and you know Danger Mouse is one of my favorite producers you know like I, I remember like the great album dropping and how revolutionary that was in 2004 like mm-hmm. how crazy it was to like have like Beatles and Jay-Z and like how like dangerous it felt to have that on your hard drive, <laughs> you know, we're still suing people for copyright infringement back then. So, um, but he was able to like basically turn that into like a huge like producing career, like working with everybody from like you know CeeLo to the Black Keys. Like you know, um, still one of my favorite Black Keys albums actually, it's the Danger Mouse album. Um, so I was happy to see M of Doom, you know. Um, but I was happy to see them to come together. Um, I thought this is an album that I would c- come back to a lot more, but I've only come back to it like maybe once. <laughs> I've come back to Funk Way Bounces like way more, and Megan, Ooh. and even like Domi and JD Beck. Like I- I've kind of listened to the album a little bit more, and but I'm, I-, I don't know why. Um, I think Danger Mouse's production is superb. Um, probably one like. I think if if Danger Mouth only did rap production, um, definitely up there with like Alchemist. Definitely, I, and maybe you know, I'm not saying like he's better than Alchemist or better than like you know, um, like like whatever. I'm just saying like you know, same energy. Um, and when Danger Mouth like hyper focuses on his hip hop production, um, he it's just like the he's able to create vinyl, <laughs> like this dusty vinyl sound. Yes, <laughs> which is very hard to do. Um, so I thought the production was superb. Um, Black Thought is is kind of like you know being Black Thought, um, you know, very heady, you know, kind of uh, hip hop rhyming. Um, so the combination was definitely there. Um, I just it's not a classic to me. I, I maybe I have very high expectations going in, 
Um, but you know, I can't be mad and I, I don't want this to be, I know they, they said there might be other albums floating out. So I, I want this to be successful enough for them to try it again, basically. Uh, cause I, I do think like, you know, the combination makes a lot of sense on paper. Um, and maybe this will get Danger Mouse kind of like, you know, doing more hip hop. But, um, but yeah, like I, I, it's not a bad album by any means. It's just like not something I've gone back to. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, for me, it's the fact of where, all right, so you've got Black Thought, which is like a God-tier MC, one of the greatest, one of the greatest purely talented rappers out there, right? So full stop. Like, you, I remember yeah. there was that used to be that old prank show where um, I think it's Red and Meth pranked like Ludacris, who, who was, you know, at that time, one of a very dexterous, you know, we, we kind of forget now because of the Fast and the Furious, but it was a period of time where Ludacris was, I'm going to say he was like a, a top five rapper, but he was definitely somebody where he was continually, continually getting phone calls to come up and fuck up guest appearances. So he was somebody yeah. who was very high self-esteem. And I remember they purposely gave him a really weird beat and he was kind of like trying to rhyme on the beat and it's kind of comical because obviously it's a weird beat and everything else. But what I found interesting was the fact of where they were like, hey, we're going to throw this guy a curveball because he's that much of an MC and see how he handles it. Like the, the, I, that joke only works if Ludacris is a really great rapper. Yeah. And I think the issue here is the fact of where, as good as Danger Mouse is, he's not necessarily, and this is the irony of it all is, I'm saying this about a man whose career started by him basically putting the Beatles with Jay-Z. But my point is, this is not an experimental work, and I think that's the issue. I think that what's kind of been fascinating with the resurgence of Boom Bap with like Alchemist is that a lot of that shit is weird. Half that shit has no drums. You've got these weird 70s soul samples kind of going somewhere, you know, that, that's kind of looping endlessly. You've got these weird, like, like you know, Asian funk records are kind of sampling. There's a lot of interesting things happening there. I think that, I think that Danger Mouse kind of played it a little too safe, meaning that I think the beats are great. But I think when you got somebody like Black Thought, you want to do something a little crazier. Yeah. And I think he gave him really good boom bap beats. And I think you have to do a little bit more with that. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if you got a, a rapper at that level, you got to throw weird fucking, you got to throw weird shit at them. And I think we kind of forget where, even though the boom bap era is kind of held at this gold standard and sampling everything else, it was a lot of weird shit. Like Jay Wood the Damager was rapping over basically the sound and you know even though it was a jazz record it sounded like water dropping you know what i'm saying yeah. like big pimpin is an indian sample you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's a lot of there's a lot there's a bigger wheelhouse than we actually think about traditionally what boom bap was and i think that again i, I don't want to diss because these beats are they're, they're fire but i think that the reason why it's not as listenable is because for both these guys it's been there done that and i think it'd be nice and i don't know how to maybe if you know, if 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 black maybe if they're gonna make more of a concept album, perhaps maybe if the production got a little weirder. Maybe if Black Thought was just like fucking, I'm gonna write a record about fucking, I don't know, um, you know, the life and death of my moms. And and that's the thing is also what's kind of fascinating is in the Roots records there tends to be a little bit more experimentation. Yeah. But I I think that that tends to be at the detriment to Black Thought because Black Thought is barred the fuck out. So when you kind of have to stay on theme, you really can't have the same witty one-liners if you're rapping about like fucking, you know, a cousin dying of cancer per se. But I, I think that's what the edge is. And I'm hoping, going back to the idea of multiple albums, that this is like, hey, 
you know, we're kind of getting the fucking cobwebs loose. We're in the studio. We're wrapping it out. Yada yada yada. Like I said, both of them have are known for more experimental works. I think that this is a good level set for both of them, and I'm hoping that if there's any more, it gets a little bit more out there. And I think that's why it's not as listenable. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to say they're playing it safe because they're not. They're masters at their genre. But I think that at this level, you want to hear some weird curveball, some interesting palettes when they're both staying a little bit too firmly in their wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, too, like, there's some really good songs in this album. Um, Belize, the MF Doom track, um, Identical Deaths, um, I. Violas and Lapitas, which is like that track in Aquamarine are actually more, I think, what Danger Mouse's sound is a little bit more, which is like this kind of like uh, folksy, like, yes, you know, I I don't know what, what I'm saying, like, you know, but almost kind of like a Mulholland Drive type of sound. Um, moody. Moody, folksy, like things like that. So those, those tracks are kind of there, um, but they're still solid tracks. Um, but yeah, I think with, with Black Thought, like I think the 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 area where like Black Thought excels is when you have like hard ass drums. You yeah, know? like I think he rides the beat really well off of that. Um, sometimes just with some of this more atmospheric stuff, it's it's hard maybe for him to catch on. Um, but you know, I it's still a solid album, but it's definitely like something where um, my expectations are a little bit higher. Uh, but I would love to see Danger Mouth, like, you know, continue to be, like, do more hip-hop production. You know, maybe working with, like, a Freddie Gibbs, you know. Like, I like I, I like I like the idea of, of more Danger Mouse hip-hop, you know. Because I do think he takes it, the production in places that I don't think an alchemist will go, right? Um, he's not going to, alchemist is not going to do a Michael Kiyonika, like, moody, like, folk <laughs> yeah, yeah, hip-hop yeah, no, song. No. It's, you it's, know, it's, 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 I love Alchemist, but it's it's basically it's, it's all, uh, ominous. It's all Alchemist. Does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I I want more. I want more Danger Mouse hip hop for sure. I mean, and again, like you know, Danger Mouse is like doing like a lot of the Nars Barkley stuff, the MF Doom stuff. He can do it. Um, you know, it's just like I don't know if it's something he's like truly passionate about, but it'd be great to have more of those beats in the in the world in the ecosystem for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's great to have him back. I, I think that it's cool to have, again, because at, at this level, their check's coming in no matter what. Yeah. So it's cool to kind of see him coming together for the love of it. What I'm hoping for is that, you know, as it pushes forward, that, you know, it's not just a one-off, it's more continuous. And I think that similar to, like, how, you know, going back to the idea of where, like, you know, Alchemist, it took a couple of records for him to get to... You know, the Alfredo was after a couple of collabs. Yeah. I think that to a certain extent that I, I, I am living for the one producer, one rapper. I'm hoping to kind of continue only because it could only go up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the more comfortable they get with each other, the weirder it'll get. I, I think that, you know, we're kind of in an era of where, and we've been in an era for decades, so it's not anything new, particularly to the trap era, where it's very much like, you know, find these sound alike beats, put it together, and kind of have it rock and roll. And I think one of the things that kind of helped, like, let's say something like Drake, is the yeah. idea of where even though he may dip out, he, he still has, you know, 40 there as a base. And, and I think that, you know, having, you know, Danger Mouse and Black Thought having this collective and kind of deciding to build on that, I think it's going to be good. I, I see why it's not as sticky and I agree with you. And I, I but I, like I said, it's, it's still very hopeful. Like, this is a good first round salvo. So oh, yeah. let's see where they go next. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool. And uh, that's about it for the podcast. You know, we're going to go back to, you know, 
we've got our plans out. I've got fucking blueprints here for how we're going to basically, you know, revamp this Antarctica shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, y'all out here chilling. You know what I'm saying? Out here in Dubai. Come out to the outflows. You know what I'm saying? Come out, hang out. You know what I'm saying? We're out here chilling. You know what I'm saying? We got the floor fit on. Who had, who had that? T- oh, it was sadly enough Travis Scott's comeback. <laughs> where, where, and I think it was the BET Awards where he was all wearing fur and it's supposed to be cave people. Yeah. I'm saying we're wearing black Bro. people love our big cold jackets. You know what I'm saying? Now you're able to rock your North Face in the North Pole. What? Yo. Come on. It, it, Come it's, on. Like, it's like all the black people I know go Iceland. Every, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Because, yo. I, I, this is, we, we're we're we trying to go here. back to the motherland. Maybe we need to go back to the other land. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That's, Out that's, here chilling. That's the tagline. That's the tagline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, coming out there to negative twenty degree weather. You know what I'm saying? Trying trying to sell to you as a good thing. Maybe you know, it could be like cryotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, this is a bad shack with there's no heating. You know, but that's how we do. Why? Because we're capitalists. You know, cut corners, treat people badly. That's how we do, baby. It could be the fire festival of housing, but you won't know until you get there. (laughs) <laughs> but we'll make sure it looks fire on Instagram, though. You know what I'm saying? It'll oh, all Insta- be plywood. The Instagram's going to be popping, dude. We will have <laughs> Travis Scott in in the IG. Like, <laughs> come on, fam. You know the IG's going to be popping. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's the whole budget is going to be on the IG. <laughs> <laughs> And as usual, we love y'all. We're happy to be back. We're going to be back a little more consistently. We've done all the play. Now it's time for work. Now it's time to go out there, hammer it down, hunker down, and basically live our lives. And we're hoping that you're living your lives too to the fullest. As usual, take care, y'all. I know that certain governmental organizations want to make you feel that things are back to normal. All I'm saying, sometimes a mask here and there may not hurt. You know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is perhaps they'll go indoors to the hot sweaty club five nights a week. You know what I'm saying? Maybe keep it to one or two. Maybe get that little free COVID test to hand out. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying is just be safe. You know what I'm saying? We got to. If anything, this has taught us is that we're in it together, and it's to take all your, you know, take care of you, motherfuckers. That's all. You know, everybody around you. Make sure you're safest. You're safe. You're safe. Your circle is safe, and make sure your loved ones are. That's right. Peace. Peace.